But I think what's really exciting about it is that you can, with, with our program, you can create dynamic subscriptions. So like in the workout example, you know, you could just subscribe to protein powder. That's pretty common. But what if you told the company what your workout goals are and they recommended products for you? And then each month or each time you got a product delivery, they checked in to see how your goals were going. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owners Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. You're probably wondering, what is QPilot? Well, it offers merchants a truly dynamic and flexible way to manage their repeat orders. If you struggle to manage subscriptions for your best customers, you should know that there is a solution that can automate everything you need to make their subscription experience truly amazing. In this episode, we talk about everything subscription-based, how to get started, some of the, the best ways and things that you need to do, and also what makes QPilot the best subscription software out there. Check it out. All right. Hey, Matthew, thanks so much for, for joining us on the podcast. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So uh, let's, let's just start from the beginning here. Um, so last year, you guys were going into like a, like a funding stage um, and like an early like startup, I guess, I guess that phase talk us or walk us through like what that looked like from that, that stage of early startup to where you're at now. And then we can dive into like the product and then how it helps, helps e-com sure. stores. Absolutely. Totally. So like for a little more context, um, you know, the original founder, um, David Bradley had been running QPilot for a few years before we met, he had had a couple of different, um, co-founders, um, you know different people joining and, and kind of reached a stage where we wanted a, a growth partner. So, um, you know, we became connected, um, let's see, what is that late 2019. And, um, you know, when we teamed up, one of the biggest plans was, Hey, this is this great product. We've been on WooCommerce for years and developed a really robust product. Let's go tackle Shopify and Salesforce and a few other integrations. So we started doing the pitching and going through that whole pitching process. And what was really kind of frustrating about the whole thing was, you know, you had companies who actually had zero product and zero traction that were getting a lot of attention, especially in the subscription space. And, you know, we had at that time, I think like 200 customers, we had MRR, we had some traction, but since we were bootstrapped, our growth numbers were like pretty modest. I think most people would like it, but you know, when you're talking to VCs, it just wasn't fast enough. So we're in this weird in between. We weren't growing fast enough and we weren't early enough. We were kind of in the middle. And so for us, we, we spent a lot of time. I think one of the mistakes we made too was we spent too long pitching. Once, you know, it's that thing, like you get told it's, you just have to go, go, go and try to break through. Well, we spent most of like 2020 trying to break through with the fundraising stuff and it just didn't happen. And that, you know, is a huge distraction. It keeps you from building the company. Um, a lot of kind of things like that. So, um, so we kind of like took the approach to take a step back and just, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we learned, if there was not an actual immediate, immediate need, like wanting funding to go grow isn't wasn't specific enough so we kind of took a step back we had some alternative funding sources through like some of the sba stuff because we were an established company so we got some good loans there and we've been building our shopify integration this year we're working on a salesforce integration on our own so we're kind of just doing it all ourselves and bootstrapping it still and uh 
just kind of trying to kick ass without any VC help. So very cool. So I guess at this stage, right, you you're basically full on running um, with the business. Whenever you guys are describing this product to somebody, like how do you explain it, right? Because there's, a, I think there's a lot of different facets with it, especially if you use the term AI, right? Sure. People are like, what exactly does that even mean? Um, and so, can you, in like I guess more of a like a layman's terms, like what do you guys say that you offer to the marketplace, and then we can kind of like dive even deeper into like the way that like specific ways that you guys work with customers. Sure, I think the most the the simplest way of thinking about it is that they're like you know a, a typical subscription or subscribe and save experience um most brands are just looking for the opportunity to lock somebody into a repeat purchase um we come at it from a a pattern a data-driven standpoint of wanting to understand like user behavior so the idea is sim- simply like i don't know if you guys work out or anything like that right but it's like say we all have a protein powder sub uh, subscription and I work out five days a week, you work out four, you know, or seven, and we never take the same scoop size. Maybe you're more consistent than I am. I am. Well, that 30 day subscription ends up, I have this much left. You're going through it faster. It's not very personalized. It's very, very static. And so for small businesses, they really just want the repeat purchase part. But when you start to scale and you add more customers, you now have this huge depth of information available to you where you understand all these usage behaviors amongst all your customers. And so you can actually now recommend what they should be on. And so, so it's one of those kind of funny things for small businesses. It does just some really cool stuff. Um, some basic stuff around subscriptions for anybody looking for a deeper level of sophistication or larger businesses. There's a, a whole lot more that we do. So whenever a customer is getting ready to make a purchase or something like that it like learns through and i think on the site like it can work through their phone it looks through like that alexa like what all do you guys connect with or how does the subscription like work for the customer side yeah so it's more like there's the 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 brand has the opportunity to communicate with the person however they want so like um like for example recharge last year launched on shopify the ability to send text messages messaging so q pilot's been doing stuff with text and chat bots for like Four years now so basically if you want to update your subscription through slack for example you could you could update your subscription via text um, there's all kinds of like really simple ways you can manage that and control and so for us though what becomes really powerful is the data around change so learning more so from the from the platform side we're learning more about how often people are really wanting so we can marry that with other data for the customer um, but really what it comes down to is like this personalized experience. So you as the end user should be able to have your subscription work however you want it to work. The frequency you want, the amount you want. If you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be in Dallas this week and Park City next week and you want it to adjust where the deliveries are going. So we're just trying to power make all this change really really easy and then pulling all that data and we can give that data to the merchants to let them know how people really want to be treated. Yeah. I think that's cool. Like, whenever I look at subscriptions, that's usually like one of the biggest barriers is I don't know how much I'm going to actually use this product, right? Um, so I think having that data up front and being able to make those recommendations, um, I think it's great. Um, at least it, it gives us an idea, right? As, as consumers, um, what is um, I guess if if everybody listening right now, um, we do have a lot of um, 
I guess, clothing stores um, as part of um, our clientele currently. Um, and I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners um, mm-hmm. have other types of businesses. But um, how would you, um, I guess, go about, um, I guess, do subscriptions work for everyone, right? I guess that that would be the main question. Um, and then how would subscriptions um, work for clothing stores? Um, is that something that, that could be a viable option for them? So I think it's like for me, I think subscriptions specifically don't work necessarily for every business. But I think if you take a step back, the, the word that I like to use is engagement. So if you're just thinking about a brand of like, what are some opportunities I have for deeper engagement? So um, with clothing brands specifically, I would be looking at membership options. So if, if clothing is so personal, people are often, it's a stylish choice. It's There's usually a brand, like I think there's a stronger brand affinity within clothing than there is, say, with like pet food, right? Or even within protein powder or other supplements that are typically subscriptions. So if you think about membership options, I think it's really, there's some really creative ways that you can become more engaging. So like if you have a really, um, say, charismatic founder that built a business, which happens with a lot of clothing companies, and people are partially buying their clothes, but also partially buying that lifestyle, that personality, you know, can you do a zoom call with, with members once a month or every quarter telling them new styles or things. So just looking for other opportunities to create more engagement, drive more value and, and create more touch points in a sense of like leads conversations. So you can get these customers to start telling you more of what they like or what they don't like about what you're doing or about the problem you're solving. Like clothing is a good example you know, as a guy for me, like I, I have a hard time following t-shirts that are long enough. So it's like, if I have a brand that I like, I'm going to tell them make longer t-shirts, right? And if they get enough people telling them to make longer t-shirts, boom, there's your next product, right? You don't even need to necessarily worry too much about product development because you have a whole core of customers telling you what they like or don't like about other products that are out there and it helps you with your development. So that's how I would always, I always think about when I'm educating is because memberships are like a subscription. They're like a digital subscription that you can kind of start with. It's not always like a shipped box kind of thing. I would always start there because um, you can get more information. Um, and then, you know, maybe you want to launch a clothing or a sample box. There, there are a lot of brands that are doing that, like Stitch Fix and other things. You don't even necessarily have to be that sophisticated with all of the ways people are sizing it. You can just send people samples to try and see if they want to subscribe to that kind of thing. And then, as far as pricing for for you guys, do you, I saw on here like a, it's a monthly subscriptions. Like somebody pays like a flat rate, and then they do a a fee of the the subscription for the purchase from that. Um, what does that typically look like? Is it like a total percentage of sales of in, like overall, or like how does that usually work for the businesses? That, that's a good question. Like it's it's funny. Like a, a lot of the um, um, subscription brands on Shopify are all charging a percentage of um, of the sale, which I don't know has always felt a little bit cheesy to us. We we're just usage. We're like we're like an email platform. So yeah, there's a monthly fee, and then depending on the number, we charge you a, a flat fee based on the subscription order itself because it's kind of like a data management thing. And I mean, I don't know. I guess we'd make more money if we're charging a percentage of sale, but it feels a little cheesy to do it that way. But and then, as far as like, I don't know, like competition or things like that. Like, what would you say is the biggest thing that differentiates you guys from other subscription services, other than just the, the pricing side of things? Like, you mentioned some some cool features within the small business. I'm, I guess we can dive into a little bit deeper on. Like at what size of business does this really make sense for me? Or it doesn't matter because I have a subscription model and then you guys mold your software to my business. 
Um, so it's a good question. Um, it's more like if when you're small, your needs are simpler. And so, um, you know, the typical subscription box startup, right? Um, we're probably overkill for. There's a couple options that are a little bit cheaper and maybe even free that you can get started with. Um, but as your needs become a little more sophisticated, there's things around like inventory management. I, I would say like circling back to the the some of the biggest differentiators about like 30% of our platform are actually B2B wholesale. And so that flexibility component I mentioned, you normally wouldn't think of like a B2B purchase as a subscription, but if the end user has total control over what they're getting, when they're getting it, how much they're getting, um, it actually starts to kind of lend itself to this repeat engagement. So we do really well with uh, B2B purchases and wholesale. Um, we do really well with anybody who needs a little more um, control over the shipping or delivery elements. So we have customers that are doing like next day delivery or like even on the subscription order, they're doing in-store pickup or delivery options. So the customer can like switch depending on what they want to do. Um, so there's a lot of logistical things, B2B things. Um, and then for enterprise customers, it's just a question of data. Like there's just so much data that we're supplying around change and user behavior that it's really valuable for large businesses. But when you only have like a couple thousand customers, it's, it's not necessarily that important or as critical. Would you say that the data that you guys get is also something that is trackable to like, uh, I guess the way to, to go back to your example of the, the protein or like the, the supplement from that point, like if something changes within, you know, our subscription model, you guys give that data. Are you analyzing that data as well? Or it's more of the op the job of the business owner to say that, right? Or it's like a, do you guys have like a dashboard that says like, you know, most people subscribe for three months and then they drop off. And so our suggestion here is to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, do you have something like that, like integrates with it or the data is given to the business owner to make the decision from that? You really do it like asking big questions, don't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of both. So there's certainly like, there's a lot of data they can do with, and there are data that we make there. There's a lot of, like you mentioned, like the typical subscription life cycle, like we can make recommendations on, on how they should be retaining and what's happening there. Um, a lot of the platform specific stuff we do is related to like, um, we have a lot of data related around if when people do make changes, their the LTV and AOV often go up, right? And so, like LTV specifically, if somebody changes the frequency like two times or one time, and LTV goes up sixty five bucks. If they change the product out three times, it goes up like six hundred percent. So there's data like that we have from a recommendation standpoint, but um, it's really about like the the future of subscriptions. So we have a couple merchants that are doing like really custom things with subscriptions. So say you fill out a survey for your pet. You're telling them all about the size of your dog and and its health needs and its age and its activity level, and they're able to return a custom subscription. Like they're they're pinging our API to get the right information around product, and you're getting a custom cart that's filled with like you know plankton and this and that, and this is on three week and this is on six week and this is on two month and and so it's really really custom and personalized for that specific like pet right for that end user. Um, but I think what's really exciting about it is that you can, with, with our program, you can create dynamic subscriptions. So like in the workout example, you know, you could just subscribe to protein powder. That's pretty common. But what if you told the company what your workout goals are and they recommended products for you? And then each month or each time you got a product delivery, they checked in to see how your goals were going or, you know, you're, you're adding mass. Are you, are you in a cut down phase? 
if you hit cut down phase, now the subscription just dynamically changes and you get different sets of products recommended and or shipped to you because you're now have a different need. So it's really about like, there's not a lot of brands that are doing that super well right now. That's the cutting edge of kind of what we're on, but that is the data and the functionality that we're trying to push out into the market with some of our larger customers of getting them to be a little bit more dynamic and more proactive with their users. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. Uh, okay, so this may be uh, like a whole rabbit hole here, but you got me thinking as far as like, you know, there's the Instacarts and the Krogers and the Walmarts of the world and stuff like that. So, like, for the most part, I feel like we're all pretty similar creatures as far as, like, the types, similar types of groceries that we purchase as well. Do you guys have to integrate with that platform, like Kroger or the the, the system, to be able to make that subscription work? Because I think it'd be cool to, like, to your example as a dietitian or a nutritionist or whatever, and they recommend this is my grocery haul for the week and my subscription and they put it into the cart. I approve it because you said it could be dynamic and then it automatically just processes through like Instacart or whatever else. So is that something like what you're talking about there or that's a whole like different level? That's really, that's really similar. Like I think we're not doing that exact use case right now. It's, it's, we're working more with like smaller businesses that are seeing opportunity. I think what's really exciting about the food stuff is, um, you know, COVID made everybody a lot more comfortable with getting groceries delivered to their home. And so you're seeing a lot more of these startups. So like we have a, a company fully rooted that I mentioned, they do fresh kombucha. And so their typical model in the past was you can pick up an order at the farmer's market or they'll deliver it to you. And now you can have a subscription where you can do that same thing. So it's like, oh, Saturday, I'm going to go to the farmer's market. I'll just go pick it up. It's like next week, you know what? I'm not going, I'm going to elect to have it delivered to me. Things changing like that. Um, but yeah, we, I, I mean, I would love an integration with Instacart because being able to offer that repeat purchase behavior, all the data around it um, would be really, really, really cool. One other question, and then I'll, I'll get off of this part of the question. part of it. <laughs> so I guess I guess the, the way I'm trying to, I guess, phrase this is the subscription side of things that could all be like adjusted by the user, but like the shipping has to already be initiated by the third party or your customer already. Like, so for your supplement model, it already has to be working with, you know, the FedEx, the UPS or whatever else. Or do you guys act as like a central nervous system that like can connect with third party shipping and the product and connect the two of them together? Yeah, we, that is exactly okay. what we do. So for us, like we integrate with the store, right? We see inventory, we see SKU data, right? So we know how much everything weighs and its size and a dimension. And then we have integrations with USPS. We have an integration with Shipper HQ, which if you're not familiar with them, they help us add like hundred of different shipping integrations. So basically what happens is you're ordering a, a box of protein powder and suddenly you want to get a case because you want to give out to some friends. So you don't have to create a new order. You can go into your subscription order. You change that. And then we are connecting with the shipping provider to say, oh, and there could be shipping rules in place. It's like, oh, for orders of this size, you actually qualify for shipping or instead of getting sent by FedEx, you need it to be LTL, right? So we're making those logic adjustments and changes and based off of settings that the merchant wants. So 
yeah, we're doing a lot of that. And that's like all real time. I literally get off of this message right here. I'm chatting with them and they say, cool, you're, you're getting yep. a subscription in Independence, Kansas. And now it's going to be three days longer because it's farther away, but it's going to come FedEx. This is how it's happening. Get confirmation and then just basically move on with my day. Yeah. Right in the subscription portal, you make a change or an update and you see the new shipping, whether it's free or the charge or the delivery date. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like you don't you don't really realize how complex a subscription service can be. Uh, so you start really digging through and and finding out a little bit more. Um, okay, cool. I mean that's yep. that's that sounds amazing. And you said the right now you guys are started with WooCommerce, and is it this next year going into Shopify? Our, our Shopify beta is weeks oh, wow. away, so hopefully by the time this episode gets posted, we'll be having our pilot customers kind of run with it, and we'll be launching full full bore uh, in in twenty twenty three. Good, we're much bigger fans so. of Shopify, so that's good for us to hear. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those funny things. WooCommerce is so much more complicated in many ways, and there's so many other issues. So we're pretty eager for Shopify. The flip side is is there's a lot more competition on Shopify than there is on WooCommerce, but the market size is bigger. I think we'll, we can bring some unique stuff so and play well with others. That's awesome. Um, so for anyone thinking about potentially starting, not even like, let's say like a, an actual subscription business, but um, starting or figuring out a way to to provide subscriptions or like you said, memberships, um, are there any steps to go through or to think through um, in order to, to have a, a successful subscription business? Yeah. So first I'll, I'll give myself a plug. Like I do a lot of content. That's my kind of core like strength. And so I've got a weekly subscription newsletter. So I, I know I'd love for people to give it a look, subscribe and a YouTube channel where I actually have some beginner videos and stuff I'm thinking about, but, um, again, called subscription prescription. Um, but I think it really comes down to, um, if you're just thinking about that word engagement, like if you're thinking about how I can better engage with customers, how I can try to figure out more about what they want, um, a subscription can, can, be a pretty powerful way of doing that, whether it's a membership or whether it's a, something you're sending them each month. Um, and then it always comes down to data. I'm a big data guy too. So you gotta, you want to be collect, looking at reasons why people are subscribing, the value they're getting or the value they want to get. Um, when people are canceling, collecting information around why they're canceling. Um, just as a quick anecdote, you mentioned Christian, like one of the reasons people don't like subscriptions is you never know how much to order or how much product you have, right? So um, iHeartDogs is one of our customers and they had went through this a couple of years ago where they they had been running a program, but it was just super basic, but they were collecting data. And that some of the data they found is people had too much product. And as they started to uncover that more, they found that people didn't know how much to order based off of their pet size, right? So if you have a little dog versus a big dog, how much pet food do you order and how often? So they went back and then updated their product page and it now has these really cool options where you select the size of your dog and it makes a recommendation on how much you need and how often you should need it and it like totally transformed their conversion rate on the initial product page and the retention site so so the data part is if you're getting started just try to understand user behavior what they're getting the types of people are coming in another really common mistake i see is like people will they are always worried about discounts so they just keep discounting to try to get more and more customers but you might be actually missing the people that was people that want the discounts aren't going to stick around for very long because they're really just interested in the discount. You want to try to build a program that's going after people that see the value you're offering so that they're willing to pay for it and they want to stick around with you. What's uh, from a, from a customer perspective for you guys, what is kind of like the, I'm interested, cool. I have a Shopify store. This absolutely makes sense. I want to move forward. 
what is the, the I don't want to even use the word process because I think there's a negative connotation of like it's going to take a long time. But like, what what do I do? Right, I find you in the app store eventually, in Shopify and in WooCommerce, and just like install it. But like, what's all needs to be in place? How do you integrate? And then like, what's the time from like I'm interested to like closing the deal and like making sure that everything is running smoothly and start making more changes. I mean, you can be up and running in a matter of days. I think usually if you're already doing subscriptions and you're migrating, then it's a couple of weeks because there's usually a, um, I mean, data migration, is just something you want to take kind of step by step. But for us, it's, you know, just reach out. We can do a demo, show you kind of how it works around questions, um, qpilot.com, um, or you can look for me, Matthew Holman on LinkedIn. Um, happy to talk about that, but it's, uh, you know, we're in an age where you want, people just want to be able to click a button and things start working and we're close to that with Shopify. Um, WooCommerce, you could be up and running with us in 30 minutes. So Shopify won't be too much, too much more difficult or, I mean, in time it'll be really easy, but. So what's, I mean, this all is, uh, I guess it, fe- it seems like very bleeding edge of what we're talking about anyways, like just very new anyway, because I'm not really a part of it right on Amazon. We see the subscribe and save options and like, that's probably right. everybody's initial experience with it. But is there anything that you can share that like, you know, other than right, the big piece of moving you guys to Shopify, anything that you guys are excited about technology wise or like anything you guys are developing that you're like it, once we have this, it's going to be like a game changer or it like it invites a lot more people to this type of subscription model and, and, and more inviting for like businesses. I think, um, I mean, you know, the whole idea behind internet of things has been around for like 20 years, right? Like people talking about this future where your home knows everything and you never have to do anything. I think what we're seeing is that that's actually somewhere in the middle. Like a lot of people still want control. Like they're not just going to rely on their Amazon or their Alexa to reorder stuff for them that some people do. So for us, it's actually about just kind of being in the middle of where with API integrations and logic we have on our platform, we can automate B2B ref- like fulfillment. Like we call it an auto ship. Like you know that you need a, an air filter for your, like we have people, we have water filtration customers. So you're, you're setting up a subscription on your water filter, filtration system. So your system can trigger that automatically, or it can trigger you to know, let you know if that you do you want to hit yes or no. So I think the where the bleeding edge of the future of it and that we're really excited about is this idea of like the application within the Internet of Things, uh, B2B um, fulfillment measures, and then this experience with customers where you can let things be automated and let the AI figure out what you should be getting and when, or you can have all the control. You can let it know that, Hey, I'm going to be on vacation. I want to pause or I'm changing my goals. I want a different product. And the, and the, and and the customer or the brand is able to like give you a more powerful experience because of that. Uh, I know one thing that like the, the frustration for a lot of people who are like, go back to the Instacart experience is that uh, just the fees and the things that are going on associated with that. Do you feel like, uh, businesses are are actually giving a better rate because of the subscription or it's the same price but it's convenience or what's the what's the determining factor to kind of push that customer over the edge to make it happen yeah the i think the determining factor is somebody needs to be thinking about this is something they want to have regularly and since i'm going to be buying it regularly I might as well get the subscription for two reasons. One, I don't have to think about it as much. And two, I will get a discount. So it's not like I'm searching for a discount on protein powder. It's no, I work out all the time. I love this protein powder. I'm going to be taking it and I don't want to have to go in and order it every time. 
So I'm going to create a subscription. I, I should get a discount because I'm buying it ahead of time. And so that's that's the mentality. I think the most common mentality and the one that businesses should be striving for is that is that um, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, whether you're trying to sell somebody on trying something and hook them in. Um, and some of those do work, but it's really about somebody's thinking about this as something I need on a regular basis. Yeah, for me, it was uh, the dog food. I got tired of driving to PetSmart buying the dog food. So I, I finally decided to to do the automation. And I mean, it's been amazing. It's so convenient. Um, yes. The dogs eat the same amount every time they eat, right? So right. after a while, you kind of get the a good, you know, range of like, this is the dog food that they need and you don't really need anything else. Um, so yeah, that's that's right. actually been really great. And, and the best part is it's like, if they're willing to cover shipping or something like that, then you like, don't even have to worry about it. It's like, you're getting the benefit of it delivered. It's free for you. It's like saving you time, a little bit of a discount. Yeah. That that's the idea. It's already situation. like yeah, something heavy, right? It's a big bag of, of food that you don't want to necessarily carry around and stuff. So, uh, yeah. And, I do, and we do get a discount. So, I mean, it's not a huge discount by any means, maybe a couple of dollars here and there, but it's still something, um, that kind of, I guess, keep you hooked, um, to, to that subscription. Yeah, I love it. So what would you say is the, I, I like to ask this question because there's only so much that we can cover here, but what would you say we've missed on the podcast here as far as a question that should be answered for somebody who's listening and who is like, hey, look, this sounds amazing. I need this in my in my life, in my business. I want to know more about it. What are the questions that we're not asking right now, or at least one question specifically we're not asking that uh, that we should that you can explain to somebody? I, I don't know. You asked some pretty loaded questions <laughs> earlier. Um, <laughs> now, I, I will say for, for us, this is, and this is a bit of a shameless plug is, you know, we're very much product people. We like helping people. I'm a content person and educator as a marketer. That's what I believe. And so for me, our, our company, um, we, we really much believe in, in partnerships. Um, it's a, it's a buzzword I don't necessarily like to use, but our customers use it with us. It's, you know, you want a data partner, you want a best practices partner, you want somebody to help you figure out and unlock where you want to go. So one of the biggest things I think is frustrating is people as customers, you don't like the brands don't know what they don't know. And so they might be doing something totally backwards, not knowing that there's like a widget that'll do it all for them. Right. Um, you know, and so for me, that's really kind of the biggest thing. If even if you're not necessarily going to sign up with our software, you could be using anybody else on Shopify and you just want to talk content or whatever, like we're totally open to doing that. We learn from that. We learn from people when they're expressing what's working or not working. But um, I know that we can help out from an education standpoint and just kind of lifting because it's it's funny. It's been around for a long time, but it's just now, I think, really starting to innovate around what's possible. Subscribe and say that. I mean, very cool. Is there, I, you mentioned it earlier as far as connecting with you on LinkedIn and the website. Is there any other places or resources that people can find out more information other than those two? Um, those are the best. I mean, I'm on Twitter too, subscription doc, um, but I've got a lot of content, past newsletter issues. I've got a 33 curiously strong subscription tips people can look at to get some ideas. Um, yeah. Give me a follow. I'm, if you're doing anything with subscriptions, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Very cool. Awesome. Matthew, thank you so much for the time. This was extremely valuable and we, uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. 
That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.